1: Bibles, Second Kings, chapter 7. Thank you, music team. As you're looking for that scripture, I just want to give honor to, to Pastor Harvey, who's uh, in Europe at the moment, ministering over there. I appreciate his leadership and just investing in, um, I'll still say young leaders so I'll fall in that category because I'm younger than him but uh, <laughs> uh, I give honour to him and it's uh, just great to be in the house of God, we were really blessed in the 915 service for a word from um, Brother Greg Wilmot and, um, I believe the Lord's just going to continue along with those lines and so 2 Kings Chapter 7, we We're going to start at verse 3 down to 11, just a quick uh, bit of context, I'll explain more about it later, but the Syrian army had encamped around Samaria and they had cut off supplies leading into the city, which caused a great famine in the land, and, uh, and this is where we're going to pick up um, the story. It's during this famine second kings chapter 7 verse 3 once again written from the new king james version it says now there were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate and they said to one another why are we sitting here until we die if we say we will enter the city the famine is in the city and we shall die there and if we sit here, we die also. Now therefore, come, let us surrender to the army of the Syrians. If they keep us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall only die. And there arose a twilight. Everyone say twilight. To go to the camp of the Syrians. And when they had come to the outskirts of the Syrian camp, to their surprise, no one was there. For the Lord had caused the army of the Syrians to hear the noise of the chariots and the noises of the horses, the noise of a great army. So they said to one another, Look, the king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to attack us. Therefore they arose and fled at twilight. Everyone say twilight. At the same time they left the camp intact, their tent, their horses. And their donkeys, and they fled for their lives. And when these when these lepers came to the outskirts of the camp, they went into one tent and ate and drank, and carried from it silver and gold and clothing, and went and hid them. Then they came back and entered another tent, and carried some from there also, and went and hid it. Verse 9: And they said to one another, We are not doing right. This day is a day of good news. And we remain silent. If we wait until morning light, some punishment will come upon us. Now therefore, come, let us go and tell the king's household. So they went and called to the gatekeepers of the city and told them, saying, We went to the Syrian camp, and surprisingly, no one was there. Not a human sound, only horses and donkeys tied, and the tents intact. Last verse, verse 11. And the gatekeepers... Called out, and they told it to the king's household inside. And for the next few moments, with the help of the Lord, I'm simply going to preach on what the Lord's laid upon my heart. I think there's a title up there. Desire defines your direction, but distractions determine your destination. Desire defines your direction. But distractions determine your destination. Bit of an alliteration there. Sorry, uh, social media team. I'm going to put that on the lengthy title there. Why don't we put our Bibles down and lift our voices one more time to heaven. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the presence that we feel in this place. We say bless, Lord God, to be with your people and in your presence, Lord. We pray that as we preach, as we hear your word, Lord God, and as I preach your word that you would use me and preach with clarity the message you've laid upon my heart, let your word go out and accomplish what it's set out to do, Lord Jesus, let it not return back void, but let it be uh, planted, the seed of your word be planted upon good heart, good ground, Lord Jesus, so that it may germinate and bear good fruit that gives you glory, Lord. Have your way in this place, Lord Jesus, as we give you all the glory and all the honour in Jesus' mighty name we pray everyone said amen amen Amen. you may be seated turn to a neighbor and compliment them with their hairstyle and maybe lack of desire defines your direction but distractions determine your destination Many of you may have heard the story of uh, Aaron Lee Ralston. And if you don't remember the name, you may definitely remember the, the, his testimony. In fact, his story has become the premise of many sermons. And I know that his story has um, already been shared uh, behind this pulpit uh, once or twice before. Yet, it is such a powerful illustration of determination that you cannot help but uh, draw life lessons from it. Um, Forgive me if you have a weak stomach. Hopefully, you've had breakfast before I get into this intro. (laughs) Born October 27, 1975. Aaron Lee Ralston was a a mechanical engineer and a uh, mountain climbing enthusiast in april 2002 uh, 27 year old aaron embarked on a hike through blue john canyon in eastern utah what was supposed to be an eight hour journey turned into a 127 hour nightmare while scrambling through uh, a narrow section of the canyon, uh, Ralston dislodged a 363-kilo boulder, which unfortunately pinned and crushed his arm against the canyon wall, 32 kilometers away from the nearest road. Ralston describes that he tried to to free himself with great frustration, but... Realized after an hour that the only way he was going to survive was, his, was if he cut off his own arm. You see, Rolston had not informed anyone about his hike. Uh, and that was compounded by the fact that he left his phone in the car. No one knew he was there. And the chances of anyone finding him, let alone intentionally search for him, were extremely slim. The only way to survive was to amputate his own arm. But even if Ralston could muster up the courage to sacrifice his arm, all he had at his disposal was a blunt 50-millimeter knife uh, that you would struggle to cut a loaf of bread with. There was no chance he would be able to cut through the bone in order to free himself. Reserved to the fact that he was going to die in this canyon, Ralston began carving messages in the canyon wall to his family for when his body would eventually be found. He carved his name, date, date of birth, and his presumed date of death. On the sixth day, he woke up and realized that his arm was beginning to decompose. I apologize. There's a a godly message here somewhere. All right. It's not a script to a horror movie, but um. So he realized that if he could talk his arm hard enough that he could break his bones therefore not needing to cut through them which he did and an hour later using that blunt knife and a pair of pliers amputated his arm and hiked another 10 kilometers before he found help that's how it was the whole this message now, believe it or not this is not the only example of such great courage another example is now. Nah, I'm not going to do that to you but Jonathan Metz, John Hart Al Hill are all individuals that also found themselves in life-threatening situations, and they too had to amputate limbs. The story of Ralston, among others, is one shared around the world and is an example of great determination. But this story is not only an illustration of sheer courage. But it also highlights what you are capable of when you only have two options. Life or death. Stay here and die or amputate the arm and possibly survive. At this moment, Ralston was not sitting there regretting whether he should have studied medicine instead of engineering. He wasn't concerned about whether or not he should have gone hiking that day. He was not wondering whether or not he left the iron on before he left the house. The only two realities that he was facing that day was either dying in the canyon or surviving to live another day. See, Rolston could have been struggling with with his relationships, his personal relationships, or on the verge of a promotion, or he may have been facing financial difficulties. I do not know what Aaron Lee Rolston's personal life was like at the time of his accident. One thing I am fairly confident about is that none of that was even remotely important when put in perspective of life and death. Can I get an amen? The portion of scripture that we, we read picks up after Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria, leads his army to Samaria in pursuit of the Israelites and their king. They surrounded the city and cut off any supplies from entering him. A great famine had engulfed Samaria. And the scripture that we read recounts the story of four lepers that had reached a crossroads. They were at a, a breaking point, as were all the citizens in Samaria. They had to make a decision that would put their lives at risk. But the only other option was death. Not very appealing, these decisions. Remember, they were, they were lepers. So they were, they were uh, exiled to the outskirts of their city. That's why they said, stay here and die. We can either go into the city and die, or we can go into the Syrian camp, maybe live, most, most likely die. What about that? If that was a some sort of competition or you know game show, door number one, death; door number two, death; door number three, maybe leave, death. (laughs) And as I meditated upon this scripture, I began to and began to prepare this message. I was I was overwhelmed by all these spiritual applications of these texts. You see, the famine was. That bad in Samaria, that people were paying top dollar for doves droppings and donkeys' heads, which were as an which was an abomination for them to eat anyway, but that's how desperate they were. They were so desperate that they were boiling their own children to eat. I promise that's the last gross imagery. Actually, I don't promise I don't know what's in the rest of my notes, but we often highlight that the lepers had to make a move and we always tend to focus on them heading to the Syrian camp. But the state of Samaria reminded me of the decaying arm of Aaron Ralston, that those lepers had to separate themselves from that decaying state of Samaria in order to even have a chance of surviving. And I'm simply here to remind someone that only you know if there's anything attached to your life that is causing you to spiritually decay and decompose. Amen. Only you know what other things in your life that is holding you back. And I've shared this testimony before. And I'm always a bit um, wary about sharing this testimony. But you kind of encouraged me in your message this morning, bro. 2000 and between 2006 to 2008, for two years, I found myself in the wilderness, in the world. God had already done a work in me. I had tasted. I'd had a revelation. I was already baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost. And during those two years, I was out in the wilderness. I was the prodigal son, And I battled an ice addiction for two years found myself taking this junk on a Thursday just so that it would keep me up to party all the way to Monday without sleep. And I would do this for two years. And there came a point when I had to say enough was enough. There came a point when I was, I had to make a decision. If I continue on this path, It's going to lead to destruction, to nothing but pain and misery. I knew the only answer was Jesus. I knew that was my only hope. But my first decision wasn't to come back to God. You know what my first decision was? to sever the relationships i had to cut the arm off first i wasn't it wasn't my immediate thought to come back to church the next sunday that wasn't it my immediate thought that if I want my situation to change i have to sever some relationships <laughs> to even give myself an opportunity To survive. And I'd done that. And that was a rough period because some of them were my close friends. And they felt like I was judging them. No, I was making a decision for myself. But I knew that I had to cut off some relationships. That was affecting me. See, Matthew 5, 28 and 30 It says, But I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart, and if thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. Verse 30 And if thy right hand offend thee, cut it off and cast it from thee. For it is profitable profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. Now, I'm not telling everybody go out and start amputating their arms and whatever and pluck out your own eyes. We can pray for you. There's <laughs> prayers for that. Got prayer. We can fast. Let's fast and pray first, all right, before you start mutilating yourself. Um, but the eternal truth and the importance of separation is what Jesus is trying to highlight. Separating ourselves, amen. Separating ourselves from maybe that toxic relationship or maybe it's that job that is holding us back. If you know that there are things in your life that is going to stop you from giving God glory, then we need to cut it off, amen. Amen. We need to cut it off this morning. These four lepers were faced with these two options, life or death. And when you strip back reality of our existence, these are the only two options that we have. Choose a road that leads to Jesus and eternal life or a road that leads to destruction and eternal damnation. See, these were were four lepers prior to the to the famine, they didn't live a life worth desiring anyway. Because of the, the, because of the leprosy, they would have been treated as outcasts. That's why at the beginning of the scripture that we read, they were at the gate. My goodness, in the, even in the middle of a famine, lep- the lepers aren't still allowed in the city. And you must be really neglected. They were shunned ignored, even avoided by society. They were unclean. So they could not engage with their community like a regular citizen. They would have nothing to their name, so to speak. You would think, why are you trying to survive? (laughs) Why? What have you got to live for? Why would they even... Want to try to survive to then return back to a life of judgment because life always trumps death life always trumps death and I submit to you today that spiritually pursuing a life with Jesus amen is worth pushing through all the noise of our world today living a life dedicated to the things of God is worth removing all the distractions in our life amen Living a life with Jesus Christ is worth giving up all the things of the world and pursuing after the will of God. Amen. There is nothing that can compare to the promises of God. There is nothing that can compare to the blessings of our Lord Jesus Christ. There is nothing that can compare to eternity with Jesus. See, the lepers, just like Ralston, they weren't focused on their current state and their physical condition. They were focused on what they could have, a chance to live, a chance at life, and that's what we have today, a chance at eternal life because Jesus is in the place today. Yes, we need to work. I understand that, unfortunately, Adam. We need to work. We need to work, yes. I understand. I love my job. I love my job. I do. But we don't need all the unnecessary things that, that that consume, that we get consumed with. Amen. That social status doesn't matter, young people. That promotion doesn't matter. All those material things doesn't matter. Praise God if you, if you get all those things. But what does a prophet, a man... If you gain the whole world and lose his own soul, I'm here to declare and encourage someone, nothing is worth exchanging your salvation for in this world. This world will try to distract you. Distractions. Distractions would lead you away from the destination that you desire to head in this morning. Amen. The only thing worth pursuing is eternity with our Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know what distractions are hindering you from fulfilling your purpose. You know what it is. I'm not going to sit here and prophesy and call out each individual by names. But we know what's hindering us. Because I do believe that there are, are people in this room that desire to do great things for God you are sincere you have a desire but the desires are not enough if there are distractions in the way but I love this scripture that those things that you believe are hindering you from doing the will of God God will start to deal with those things the moment you start to walk in his direction amen you see the four lepers understood that the Syrian army posed a threat to them they had no good guarantee that the Syrians would let them live all they knew is they were dead either way in fact it may have been a more horrible experience if the Syrians were to kill them. The only thing that stood in the way of them possibly surviving. Were the Syrians. I'm sorry if you're Syrian. I'm not trying to take you here. The Bible say that at the same time. The four lepers decided to begin their, their, their journey to the Syrian camp. And it was at the same time. At twilight. The same moment that they decided to head towards the camp was the same time that God made the Syrians hear a sound of a great army approach them. In their fear, they immediately fled, leaving everything behind them. If only that we would realise all the things that we come up with that we believe disqualifies us from doing the will of God. Oh, I, I can never I can never teach that Bible study because I don't know enough of, of His Word. Oh, I, I can't pray that person through to the gift of the Holy Ghost because I'm not confident. Enough. Oh, I, I can't preach that sermon uh, because I fear public speaking. Or I can never be a pastor because... Uh, I feel incapable or inadequate. I'm here to simply encourage someone that just begin to walk towards Jesus. Begin to walk towards the Lord because He is already making a way for you. He's already planning situations to plant you in, to develop those aspects in your life. When you say, oh, I, I can never preach, I'm, I fear public uh, speaking, and then all of a sudden you get a, a, a message from Brother George. Can you share a five, ten minute testimony with the men? Oh, I fear sharing um, to someone the gospel, and then all of a sudden you get a phone call from a friend uh, that you haven't spoken to in 15 years and they start to share to you about their journey with God and they want to ask you questions about your faith. God is making a way for you as you continue to walk in His direction. He is already doing the work and in creating, creating an environment for you to thrive in. See, the lepers did not hear the sound of the army approaching the Syrians, yet God was doing the work before them. I'm simply trying to help someone today. That God is just simply waiting for you to move. He is simply waiting for you to move. What's interesting is the lepers' behavior when they arrived at the camp. Once they realized that the Syrians had fled, the Bible says that they went into one tent to eat and drink. And then they took the silver, gold, and clothes and hid them outside the camp. And then the Bible goes on to say that they entered into another tent and done the same thing. They took the silver, and gold, and clothes and went outside the camp to hide. But then finally, they realized this isn't a good thing for us to do. The lepers understood that they had a responsibility, just as we have a responsibility, to do something with what God has revealed to us. Amen. Just as the the lepers were going to keep the spoils, God was really dealing with me when I was preparing this. Just as the lepers were going to keep the spoils to themselves, this is no different how we can sometimes behave. As Christians, we come to church. We are fed by the Word of God. Amen. We enjoy our time in fellowship together. We feel the presence of God. We witness lives being changed before our very eyes. Miracles and and the gifts of the Spirit are in full operation. We receive strength and direction. And a newfound revelation we always receive from the Lord. And the truth that we have is literal treasure that we have been given but it is also treasure that we hide in our hearts when we leave this place waiting to come back next sunday and receive more treasure only to hide it again in our hearts when we go back into this world and during the week That original text that we read in 2 Kings 7, in verse 9, it says, Then they said one to another, We are not doing the right thing. This day is a day of good news. And we remain silent. If you wait until the morning light, some punishment will come upon us now. Therefore, come, let us go and tell the king's household. These lepers were convicted because they had good news, but remained silent. I'm simply reminding someone that church is not a place that we come to, but rather a place that we go from. Amen. We don't come from the world to attend church. We are the church, and we are sent into the world from the church. Amen. We have the gospel, which means good tidings or good news. But as the lepers declared, we are not doing a right thing if we remain silent. Amen. Can I get any witnesses here? Can I get any disciple makers here? Can I get any evangelists here? Can I get any servants here for the gospel of Jesus Christ? We have the gospel, but it's not a good thing if we remain silent. It doesn't matter, and I thank God for the sound team, I thank God for the sound, it does, but it doesn't matter if we're in the sound team or a volunteer as a greeter or I shall help out in Sunday school. That's, not, that's, that's great, that's wonderful, but when we leave this place, we are called to share the gospel, we are called to share the, the good news. We are called to make disciples. It is not right for us to come here every Sunday and receive the treasures of God's revelation and His word, then hide it in our hearts and go back out into the world from Monday to Sunday. But we are called to spread the good news. These lepers knew, even though they were outcasted, even though they were ostracized, they still had a conviction to share the good news. So I could, if I could invite the music team, come up as I come, my first close. <laughs> what amazes me about this story is that, is how the lepers felt that responsibility and the burden of their responsibility. To deliver the good news To people and a society that did not care about them at all. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine how much grace you've got to have? You know, how much compassion? That the people that have literally abandoned you and exiled you to the outskirts of the city. You're unclean, you're filthy, you're dirty. Don't come near us. Yet they still went back there. They still went back and reached out to them. I wonder if someone else had found the Syrian camp abandoned. Imagine one of these gatekeepers found the Syrian camp abandoned. Do you think they would have thought, oh, make sure you let the lepers know that all these food and that are here? No. But, but despite that, the lepers still felt the burden and responsibility to tell the king and the people that were hiding in Samaria, trapped in Samaria, about, this, about the camp. You would have been easy and even understandable if the lepers were like, no thanks. (laughs) I remember how you treated me. Why would I want to help you? But they were convicted by the simple truth. We have good news. And it's not right for us to stay silent. We have good news. Amen. We have the gospel. We have the truth of the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus isn't in some tomb somewhere. Our King is risen and He's in the place this morning. He's in the place today. Amen. We serve a risen King and because of that we are victorious. We can walk in the power of Jesus' Name and in the anointing of His Word. We have the gospel. We have the truth. It is not right for us to stay silent. I understand it might be better and even safer. Why don't we stand? For us just to come to church. This is a safe environment. I like this air conditioning. Wonderful music. Great people. The best coffee in the world. It's great. It's great. They're persecuting Christians. They're like attacking Christians. Why would I want to do that? (laughs) Come here. Everyone loves me. Go out there and be persecuted for our faith. We do it because we have the gospel and it's not right for us to stay silent. It's not right for us to stay silent. John 15 and 20, Jesus reminds us, remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. Might as well get used to it. (laughs) Jesus has prophesied it. We are going to be challenged and attacked for our faith. But there is a world out there that is dying. There is a world out there that... Need to know that there's a God that loves them, that died for their sins. Mm. Don't let the fear of persecution hinder you from doing the will of God, because that's a distraction. See again, desire will define our direction. I desire to do the will of God. I desire to fulfill my purpose, whatever God's given me, the task that God's given me. I desire to move in a particular direction, but it's the distractions that will determine whether I get there. That distraction, I might V to the left or V to the right. Those distractions might even cause me to take a backward step. What is in the way? today what is in the way if there's no distractions i'll get to my destinations but i know how it is don't think oh, i want to be a preacher just like that person but sam doesn't look like he has any distractions in his life probably more than you but this is what is important about coming to church and hearing the word of god course correction it's just simple that god's trying to remind us remind us of some of the things that we place in the way that are hindering us from reaching the destination where we want to go? What is that sin in my life that is dying and rotting that I need to cut, out, cut off? Is there anything in the way that is going to hinder me from getting to my destination? This, is just, this message is a simple encouragement for someone. And a reminder, keep the main thing the main thing, which is doing the will of God and working on our relationship with Jesus Christ. I choose life today. I choose eternity and eternal life with Jesus Christ today. Even if that means I have to cut some things off in my life, some things that are important or what I think is important, some things that I may feel like it's going to be a hard It would be hard for me to let go of, but I'm here to declare to someone, to remind someone, God will never make you sacrifice something unless he had something better in store. Every eye closed and every head bowed, let us lift our voices. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word, Lord Jesus. Heavenly Father, thank you for challenging us. Bring into light maybe some things, as decisions we have to make, Lord God. Some things we have to do, Lord God, and let go of, just in order, Lord God, to, to live a life for you, Lord Jesus. As, as during the preaching of your word, no doubt, Lord God, you were laying upon our hearts some of the things, Lord Jesus, that we know within ourselves that we need to let go of. And Heavenly Father, you've called us such a time as this to do your will. Oh God, to, to share your word, to share your gospel, Lord Jesus, to this lost and dying world. Everybody in this place, Lord God, has a purpose. Everyone in here has a calling. Help us, Lord Jesus, to fulfill our calling and the godly purpose that you've given us. Given us give us desires, Lord Jesus. Give us godly dreams, godly ambitions, Lord God. Remove every distraction, Lord God, today as we surrender our hearts to you in Jesus' mighty name, we pray. If you choose life with Jesus, if you're choosing a life with Jesus, these altars are open. Come and spend some time with the Lord. If this is your first time in God's work, you felt the presence of God, you feel him tugging at the strings of your heart, God's got a gift for you. Are you seeking after the gift of the Holy Ghost? We can pray with you You choose life today. You can get into those waters with all your sins. Calling upon the name of the Lord and you come out of those waters a new creature. You can have your sins washed away this morning. But if you have a desire to do more for God, and I believe that to everyone in this place. If you have a desire to do the things of God, please come out. Don't wait for the person next to you to step out before you come out. If you're hungry for the things of God, if you're hungry for direction, vision, if you're just seeking after something from the Lord, come and spend some time with the Lord.